Alright, Buff Bucks. It's me, your commish. We're here today for another excellent episode, as, as they always are. And alongside, as always, is your fantasy assassin, Manesh. What's going on, yeah, man? boy. What's going on, Danny? Not not much, not much. Um, any uh, any any remarks on last week's episode? You know, we had a new editing. Uh, so you like the music and everything that went along with yeah, it? Yeah, man. I uh, hope these guys understand. We got some uh, we got some professionals working on the clock now. Yeah, we had a professionally Dude. produced podcast with some layered in background uh, music for your pleasure. So I hope y'all enjoyed that. Uh, we like the feedback that we've gotten so far from everyone. So. Of, we heard that in a lot of feedback. places. Yeah, it was a little loud. A so, of, you know, we're working on it behind the scenes. But we're going to, you know, continue making this pod better and better. And, um, you know, uh, keep it up. Quick story, man. I was just, uh, I was down at the local Publix, you know, right down the street. Yeah. And Shout some, out to Publix. Somebody, this exactly, podcast somebody, sponsored by Publix Subs. Pub Subs, the way to go. <laughs> somebody said, you sound familiar. You do that Butt Bucks pod. I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. I really love the music that was added to the last What? Episode. I was like, man, Thanks. I really appreciate your that. Your voice is so unique. That unique, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. They they picked it up. I don't know how. That's amazing, they man. Did. That's an amazing story. It, it, was, it was Matt Shelley. But, you know, whatever. It, it don't matter. It was somebody who listens. <laughs> <laughs> Still a listener. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, Dan, you know what they say? You got a you got a you got a face for podcasting. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, man, so let's let's kick this show off. We, let's do it, Dave. We're gonna break down the AFC South, man. There's uh, some good fantasy players in in that division, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, so first first let's hit some news that that came out in the last week. Let's do it. Uh, first, I think the big news is. First, Melvin Gordon started it off with, uh, hey guys, I don't think I'm going to go to training camp or play until I get a new contract. Yeah, man. That's that's, that's big news. That's big fan- fantasy news. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, that's the first round running back right uh, there who, who could pull a Le'Veon Bell. He could pull a Le'Veon Bell. And you know what? One of the two of us is very familiar with what Le'Veon Bell did last year, in fact. That, that is true. That, that's very, very true. Uh, so what, what do you think? Say if he if he held out his timeshare, you think they'll give um, Eckler the chance and then Justin Jackson? Or well, here's the thing: if he's back, he's back. Oh yeah. If he holds out, I definitely yes. think it's a timeshare. So I mean, I think so too. Uh, Justin Jackson played last year for a little bit at the end of the year when Melvin Gordon dealt with some injuries, and you know what he did? He filled in really admirably. He he was the lead cow uh, lead bell cow back and. He was the one who had all, most of the carries, so I think they'll try and continue something like that again this year. You know, Jackson was a rookie last year, coming into his own now as a second-year player, and they like him. I mean, obviously Definitely. they did, and they, they gave him a lot of carries, so I think that's what the situation would be. Now, with that being said, I don't think Melvin's in the same position as Le'Veon was, because not only do the Chargers control his rights for this year, his fourth year in the league, but as a first-round running back, a first-round draft pick, they control his rights next year with a fifth-year option. Uh, I, or, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry. I, I think this is his fifth-year option. This is this sorry, is your right. This is his. Fifth but year. this is his fifth year because it's Gurley's fifth year yes. as well. But next year they control his rights with the franchise tag once at 100 percent of whatever that franchise tag calculation is. 
they control it again for 120% of whatever that that controlled cost is. And if they choose to, they can franchise them a third time at 144%, which that might be a little bit much, but for one year, I mean, if you're getting a peak running back, you're getting a peak running back. So theoretically speaking, they at least got them covered for two full years under control after this year. So yeah, unless he does a Le'Veon Bell type of situation where he plays out this year, plays in the franchise next year if they don't get a long-term deal done, I'm pretty sure they have him, you know, kind of, they, they have him gun to his head right now. That's the thing with being a first-round like, running back or first-round draft pick. You don't really control your own destiny at all. I uh, Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting because a lot of stuff I was reading was um, a, lot of, a lot of good running backs coming out next year. So maybe they go, hey, you know. Said we, everyone we wanna, every other year. We don't, well, we don't want to pay you. So let's go get somebody. Because, I mean, running backs, yes, there are those top-level guys. But running backs is that position that seems like it's pretty interchangeable. Because, um, I mean, they were successful, like you said, with Jackson and Eckler last year. Maybe not, you know, the one-headed horse that they want, but never know, man. I wouldn't be surprised well, if he held out. I think they want a one-headed said. horse. I think they love Austin Eckler out there. You know, all reports are, even from two years ago, they liked him. He just needed to be a little bit smarter and develop as a player. And then last year, they obviously loved him the way he developed because they fed that man the ball, even Sorry, with Gordon I, Healthy. When I say uh, one-head out, you, I'm talking about someone who's going to carry, you know, 60% of the, of the snaps. Right, right. I think that's, the, I, I guess that's the understood now is that yeah. when you're the lead bell cow, quote unquote, back, there aren't very many, quote, 100% timeshare bell cow backs anymore. Yeah. Exactly. They're all 65 35 splits now. Yeah. That one will be interesting to watch as we get closer to the draft. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, we'll, hopefully we'll have some news, you know, <laughs> by then. That would yeah. be a tough situation. I'll tell you this: because I'm not getting bit in the ass twice in a, twice in a row. So um, about to say, I was going to say he might fall to about your your range in the draft. Yeah, he might. So he might, and he might fall even further. Then, if he falls that far, he's falling <laughs> further. I'll breaking news. Not taking him. Yeah. So, uh, so Gordon came out first. He's like, I'm, I might hold out. Well, then Zeke Elliott rumored to also <laughs> decide to, uh, hey, I might hold out too, but. Which, like that's even were, crazier, because if Melvin's is. a fifth-year player, Zeke's a fourth-year player. He is. He has... So he's got year four, five, year. franchise one, franchise two, because whenever you franchise a guy, you got two franchises at reasonable costs until you get to a Kirk Cousins-like yeah. situation. Uh, I, I think... I don't... I mean, like you said, he has the fifth-year option. That Maybe it's just kind of a... Uh, uh, I don't, lack of a better term, a flex to the Cowboys, like, hey... Uh, this is what it could be next year. Well, the thing you know, is, the Cowboys already said, hey, we want to make Zeke the number one highest paid running back in the league. Like, they're they're coming out and saying that type of shit, or that's the kind of vibes they're giving out to the guys that are in the media. I guess he's saying prove it. <laughs> he's saying prove it, but, I mean, yeah, that's kind of crazy. We'll but see. he's also been, he has a little bit more off-the-field concerns. The thing is, with Gordon, he has more of the injury concerns. Yep. So, um, I think... Zeke's things are a little bit more just kind of stupid being stupid. I mean, obviously, yeah. there was one very serious allegation. But in general, a lot of what he's doing is just kind of like, hey, man, can you grow up and become an adult? You know, th- those types of, you know, exactly off yeah. the field instances where, hey, look, you're in the public eye all the time, especially the way you look, the way you dress, the way your outgoing personality is like you're definitely in the public eye. Oh, yeah. So 
But those will be two two names to keep an eye on as training camp gets. Training camp's kicking off. I know. Uh, tomorrow, actually. You know what? Uh, hey, side note, Dan. I kind of want to talk about this because I think it's an interesting topic that always comes up this time of year with all these kind of, or whenever these types of situations arise with quote holdout guys. Uh-huh. The whole franchise tag thing is such an interesting like is such an interesting tool to me. I think it's the biggest, most empowering tool that salary cap. Uh, officials have in the nfl so i know oh, yeah. we get, i know we get off a little off off tangent here but those people that say that oh yeah well hey the franchise tag only affects maybe five to ten guys every single season the rest of the league there's 1500 dudes or whatever it is there's 50 guys on 30 rosters right so yeah about 1500 guys yeah but what do you think i guess uh i don't i don't think it's five to ten guys every year well i mean i guess it kind of is because they don't use it you know not every single team uses it every year but i don't think it's subjected to a certain position as you can see the 49ers <laughs> franchise probably gold you know what i mean so it's just a matter of your value do i think i think the franchise that was by is... the way robbie gold situation was blasphemy i thought that was fucking insanely outrageous like this dude is in double digits of years and you're franchise tagging him get the fuck out uh it is, but then when you watch how the Bears got eliminated from the playoffs, you're like, okay. Well, if guess you have one what? Of the top, I think that you know, three whenever or four kickers, you use a franchise tag, you do what is you to keep do. your young play- The whole intent of a franchise tag was to keep your young player, your quote franchise player, around on your roster and not have him leave through what is now free agency when they started it out, right? Okay. But and if you don't have anybody to keep, you might as well make sure you keep oh, the player under you the feel rules. Is most valuable going into. No, no, no. There's so yes. two different conversations under the rules. Oh my god, they're so smart for doing that. Yes. But secondly, I just don't think it should be allowed. If, well, number one, I fucking can't stand the franchise tag because... Yeah, it should be gone. Jesus Christ, it's... I'll tell you in a second. But number two, the dude is not a young cornerstone piece. He might be like a special teams asset, but he's not a cornerstone of your franchise for the next 15 years. Well, whatever, no one plays for 15 years. For the next 5 to 10 years, which is when you use this... Hey, hey, Robbie Gold's the kicker. Man. He could play for the next five years, man. You're right. Matt Bryant does, so that's true. <laughs> Which, Adam Vinatieri's still I mean, kicking, uh, like, freaking insane. Dude, but... that dude. That dude, what was it? I think he came in 1998 when, when we were 10 years old. That dude <laughs> started playing. <laughs> and he's still making millions of dollars. How when we were that? 10 and when, when Matt was 25. Yeah, <laughs> and now Matt's 45 and he's still doing it. Like, this is crazy. Still doing it, man. Freaking hey. crazy. Anyways. I don't, but like back to the last thing here, I just don't think that the franchise tag affects five to ten people. Because look at who the guys are in contention, quote unquote, for the franchise tag right now. It's next year, dudes like Melvin Gordon, and then even two years from now, it's guys like Zeke Elliott. Now, what kind of players Mm -hmm. are these? Are these guys in the echelon, top echelon of their position, would you say? Probably, right? And so Mm -hmm. whenever they have the franchise tag looming over them, what are they more likely to do? Negotiate, come to the negotiating table, give up some. Because guess what? In order to get a couple years guaranteed on their contracts, they're willing to take that guarantee and not have to play on a one-year guaranteed contract. And so they're capping, in essence, every single position residually beyond a Zeke type of player or beyond a Melvin Gordon type of player. Whenever they can't raise the roof or the ceiling of a position's contract negotiating power, then that limits everyone else residually after that, which is why I think that argument is really stupid that, oh, it only affects five players a year. Like, dude, 
no. get the fuck out no, of here. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I agree, man. I think it's uh, something that should be uh, not in the league. I, I really don't know. I know they're talking about they're having CBA talks right now. I don't even know if that's something on the table with the players' you know what I would say? trying to get I would out. say the players' union should, if they're intelligent yeah. enough, because they've never I'm argued sure. for it, because they they also are the mind that there's bigger fish to fry. But if they were yeah. really for the players, then they would take an economic stance to it and understand that don't cap what they can get on the open market and get back what the players actually deserve. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think quick. it's the biggest negotiating ploy, so the owners will never give that up. And they shouldn't. No. They definitely no, shouldn't. No, no, if no. they were to give it up, they would have to say, well, we got to change the revenue split now. It can't be close to 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's got to be 60-40. Yeah. And then maybe uh, it's like, what? Speaking of, speaking of the CBA, did you – just real quick, let's, let's not get too yeah, yeah. in-depth on it. Did you see the, uh, the proposal by the owners for an 18-game schedule, but the players – are only required to play 16 games. Yeah. That could be crazy. Man. I, 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 there's like so many different things that run through my head of why that Dude, this, could just throw the season out of way. You whack. know what this is? This is an ingenious, ingenious play by the owners. Do you know why? Why? They don't give a fuck for an 18-game season. Yeah, it would bring them money. But they make much more money off of royalties and residuals than they do one game, uh, one additional game a year. Okay? They only have eight games to begin with, unless you're a playoff yeah. team that's really good when you get a home playoff game. But aside from that, yeah, okay, a ninth playoff game, a ninth home season, a ninth home regular season game, yeah, it would be lucrative, absolutely. But what you do is you bring that to the table knowing full well you don't want it. But then how you play it in the negotiation circumstances, well, hey, look, we'll take this off the table if you come back with, you know, whatever demand they have. So, again, it's a negotiating tactic, and it's just out there in the mainstream media now to where it's grown its own legs. Yeah. And so no, I, I, mean, I, I wish I get it from the owner's Smith was smarter, view. honestly, a lot of, play, a lot of times. But As, I, I wonder, just, like, they only have to play 16 games. Is Does that... Uh, way I think they would do it is there's going to be somebody there, right? You play a quarter, you take, you know, you play 30 minutes out of the 60 minutes. All right, now you only play 30 minutes that game, you know what I mean? And they'll just dock it game by game so that way they can get the players to play all, really play all 18 games, but it only equals the 16, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or is it going to be, uh, well, if you start this game, then technically you played that game that's one of your 16, you know what I mean? I honestly haven't even uh, given it much thought. And I don't it's, think I it's... want to because I think this is just, uh, like I said, an ingenious tactic that oh, yeah. will never go into effect. <laughs> I just, man, yeah, if ever, could you imagine what it would do to the fantasy season? Oh, my God. Gotta, like... Yeah, but well, when it comes to fantasy, it's actually kind of real. If that was the case, <laughs> Jesus. Gee. That, that was, man. Let's not, yeah, let's not dive into You All would right, literally one, have one to other play quick... a backup quarterback for two games. Oh, you would. You definitely would. No doubt. Like, what the yeah, fuck? What you would uh, do is you would, would blow teams important. out, hopefully by halftime in a couple games, or get blown out, and then literally pull your starters. Give up that's that game. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that's pull I mean, them so and then have your backups win it. Yep. Which is nuts. All right. One, one little quick tidbit of news is uh, our boy Darius Geis is back <laughs> in the injury news. <laughs> <laughs> and 
the champ, the Segway champ. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, uh, man, dude, I don't know, man. I might have to pivot. I might have to pivot from him. I just, yeah, that's not. I don't, I don't know great. if he's gonna. I don't know if he could help me this this year. You know, is 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 it worth him sitting on my bench? to keep next year if he's not valuable at all this year. Yeah. Well, I don't know. hey, look, he's still a trade asset. True. As a 14th round pick, I mean, and next year as 12th. a 13th round pick, if you just keep him in IR, that's a trade asset yeah, well, right he's, there. He's a 12th this year, but yeah. Well, oh, that's, that's right. the he's thing is, he's a 12th. but that's the thing is, he could not be placed on the IR. He could just be, you know, a, uh, a body for them, you know, and then that's, that's when it would suck because yeah. then he's just taking up a roster spot. Well, look, but, man. If you don't want him, that's smart. Just, just not. Don't take him. I might not, man. I, I got a couple other options I'm uh, playing around. Yeah, George Kittle, right? See. Oh, wait. <sighs> not him. But yeah, man. So I don't know. Sucks he's back in injury news. According to him on Twitter, it's no big deal. Yeah. But we'll see when when training camp kicks off. We'll yeah, see. Let's he's see. Actually, yeah, let's see. It was never a big deal with Leonard Fournette either, and then it was. So exactly. Anyways, you ready to jump into this AFC South? Yeah, man. Are we doing a fantasy football podcast or something? I think so. I think this is fantasy football. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, do you have any music to play to introduce the AFC South? AFC South. <laughs> oh, nice. Very nice. Dude, we, we crushed that, man. That was pretty phenomenal. That was. You're not going to get that on any other pause, I'm telling you. Not going to lie, that was, um, you, you, you stepped up there. I'm, I'm proud of you, Dan. Uh, dude, you, man, you, you hit that high note. I didn't think you had it in your, in your range, but it was there. Hey, man. It was definitely there. I got it. You need, you need a <laughs> soprano? I got you. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, you you want to kick it off? Who who won the division last year? Um, I believe it was the Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson led Houston Texans. You mean the uh, the butt chin? Yeah, the butt chins. Yeah, the butt fighting chin. butt chins. Right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, as I said, they bring back their coaching staff um, for the most part, I guess, intact. What they don't bring back is a GM. This is like the funniest thing, dude. I've never heard of this before, this type of situation, but Houston is literally foregoing this entire season of having a GM yeah. and is literally bringing that. back four other dudes to play the quote yeah. role of a GM who are basically going to be <laughs> Bill O'Brien's peons until they, well, they still, like, apparently they still want Nick Casario and until Nick Casario comes in next year, the guy yeah. that they tried to steal from the Patriots who said no. Yeah. God, and the Patriots, man, Jesus I know. The fucking Patriots are the biggest, like, I don't know, dude. It's 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 mind-baffling that these guys get away with all this shit. Anyways. AFC South. AFC, AFC South. South. Right. <laughs> so let's start with um, let's start with the quarterback position, as I mentioned. With We got a – what was his name? Deshaun Watson, I think? Yeah. So Deshaun Watson finished last year as a top-five fantasy running uh, – running back. Fantasy quarterback. And too. you know what's interesting too? Yeah, yeah, he runs a lot too, so maybe that's yeah. why. But you know, he is literally the only quarterback I've seen that, well, the majority quarterback that I've seen when I have seen another quarterback over Pat Mahomes as the number one uh, fantasy quarterback. So I think this is a very fantasy relevant conversation 
I've seen oh, yeah. Adam, or not Adam Luck, Andrew Luck very, very rarely. But uh, Deshaun Watson, I've actually seen him semi-regularly, which I think is kind of crazy, just knowing how uh, or what the disparity was between those two guys last year. Well, not even those two guys, just maybe Pat Mahomes and the next best guy. Knowing what that disparity was, I think it's a little baffling to me that you know, that someone's going to really close that gap, but that's neither here nor there. But I'm not, I guess I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't disagree with him being a top five fantasy option. I do not think he's a number one overall option, especially not over Pat Mahomes. I, I, Man, I think he could finish as the number one quarterback. Oh, no, no, he could definitely do it. But understand yeah. that last year, Pat Mahomes was better than the second best player by four points. Oh, yeah, per game. Yeah, definitely. Um, per game. In the same. It's so. It, it's, I think. That's uh, like 60 points throughout the course I of the think season. When, when people, yeah. One regression is with Pat Mahomes just because. Right. And let's just say that he then, regresses with. Well, you know what it would take? It would take one less touchdown every single game to match the second quarterback last year. It would, but do you know how many quarterbacks have thrown 50 touchdowns and then threw 40 for the, the very next yes. year? Zero. You asked me a question, why don't so, you let me answer it? But yeah, I know, saying, yes, zero, of course. I'm not even so saying, don't don't even throw 50 touchdowns again, let alone 40. He could still finish really highly. But with Deshaun Watson, I think the upside's there. Um, I just think it's a little bit... This is, I think this is more of a fun argument. I think we both agree yeah, that is. he's just a top it five is. quarterback. Finished last year as number four. Definitely in the conversation for number one. I just don't think that, in my opinion, will he will finish as number one because at least he shouldn't start preseason rankings with a number one QB ranking. That's my yeah. whole, that's my whole case here. I got you. Because even with yeah, a I lot of we'll... regression, it takes, it's going to take a lot more than a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think what, what scares me with Watson, what would scare me about, one, if you're going to take him number one over Pat Mahomes, then that means you're probably taking him in the second or very, very early third round, which yeah. is already scary enough. But what would scare me is uh, the Texans gave up the most sacks last year. And they didn't get a hell of a lot That would just scare better. me. With, <laughs> yeah, that was what would scare me, just the injury concern if I'm going to yeah, draft a quarterback. Yeah, you know what? Even high, more than but... that, the guy's had two ACLs, so you can't say that exactly. he's not an injury risk. He absolutely exactly. is. Now, what he's shown is that he can bounce back from an ACL, but in a redraft league like ours, you need a fucking quarterback every single year or every mm-hmm. single week. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't wait till next year yeah. for him because exactly. it might be a little late by then. So, mm-hmm. just, you know, one, one kind of caveat there is to watch out for the um, – injury risks uh moving on though we do have um the running back situation we have a a new a new guy there Uh, i'm sorry no we don't uh we have lamar miller again actually (laughs) so uh lamar miller what do you think dan do you think he's uh making the jump this year in year 10 (laughs) uh i hope not (laughs) because i just traded for uh deontay foreman in in dynasty we'll see that's the more Uh, in my opinion that's the more interesting situation here as well so i think we both agree lamar miller fine player whatever you know good nfl running back okay he's, he's not sexy man he's, he's like the guy you close your eyes when you, when yeah. you click the submit button you know you're like oh, i guess damn it. Uh, yeah i know that's sucks. exactly him but guess what he'll get you in the mid-20s he'll be a yep. rb3 and he'll get you like yeah. eight points a week that's what he'll do though now deontay yep, foreman 
um, or Dante Foreman. I'm not sure what he's going by here, but Dante Deontay Foreman um, <laughs> is, I believe, very a very interesting player. I agree. Now, yeah, I agree. with with Deontay, he is now not one but two years removed from his Achilles tear, right? Which that's right. What they say is that injury does not take one year, but it happened to him when he was before, I guess, in his, before his rookie season. So it takes not only one, but maybe two years. So this might be the year that he may make that kind of bounce back into becoming yeah. a, a relevant option here, which They're I think is actually very into, interesting. Coming into training camp, they said he's he's a full go this year. He's 100%. Yeah, really, but you know really what they also so. said is that he wasn't looking... Well, people there said that he wasn't looking terribly great. So there's also that. Like, obviously, you want to... Who's your sources? Well, some of the Texans beat writers. I mean, you want to you want to see a lot of the explosiveness that you might have seen beforehand, but I don't think he was super explosive before the injury, and I don't anticipate that he'll be more explosive this year now that he's had a torn Achilles. But the, what he can do is hopefully get back to the guy that ran for a shit ton of yards at Texas and maybe take over that spot from Lamar Miller and make it interesting in Houston once once and for all. So in, in the draft, would you would you take Miller or would you wait a couple of rounds and? take Foreman and just see what yeah, happens. Yeah, see, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure where he's going right now, but I think so that he, I, I think got the right hype here. might just be a little bit too high, and I think he might just go too high for both of them. Might go too, might go too high for my liking. Yeah. Miller's going as a running back 30 right now. Yeah. Foreman's going as a running back 44 right yeah, now. Yeah, and see, I think that's a little bit rich. I'm not saying it's, you know, a huge price tag, but I think it's a little rich. Yeah. So I think I can get good value around that time, so... Yeah, I agree. But I mean, all that said, he's still a great option. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, on the wide receiver front, I think you—they have a guy that you may have heard of. His name is DeAndre Hopkins. Ever heard of him? Uh, not ringing any bells, no. Um, oh, he goes by Nuke. Oh, Nuke. Yeah, that's, they got good pizza there. Nope, not that one. Um, oh. So. He went to Clemson. Ever heard of it? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I know you're talking. I think I know you're talking. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that kicks South Carolina's ass every year. Well, he was a part of that, right? And so, um, yeah. So, so Nuke Hopkins. Obviously, I don't think we need to spend too much time on Nuke. Nuke's Nuke. I think we all know. But what's more interesting, I think, is the next positions behind him. Very interesting. A lot more interesting, right? So. Who we start out with, I would say, um, would probably be a guy, a guy in Will Fuller, who's had a tremendous yes. amount of talent for a long, long time. Has never really been able to stay on the field, though, unfortunately. Which is no, which is really sad, because the guy's got speed for days, except he loses his speed when he tears his ACL, and it's gone for the season. That, that is That does doesn't your speed. really help. Um, no. I hear that you definitely need to have two good ACLs to play football, so Makes sense. not entirely ideal for Will Fuller there. But the good thing is when he's on the field, all he does is catch touchdowns from Deshaun Watson, which is That's insane. It, That's <laughs> it. Um, so if you are feeling lucky, you think this is Will Fuller's year to stay healthy, then you know what? Maybe that's your guy, and uh, maybe you go after him. But if not, I think they have a couple of other options here. So they got one guy, especially, um, who was a really kind of promising rookie last year, who had a lot of good, a lot of good, uh, had a really nice stretch there in Kiki 
Kiki Kitty or Kiki Kitty. Hey, hey, Kiki. Sorry. I was just gonna ask. So, um, they have another uh, wide receiver there, and I was wondering, do you love him? Are you riding with this, him? I will ride with Kiki. Okay. Yes. So, especially uh, <laughs> where he's going, I would. And I would ride with go. Kiki before I'd ride with Fuller. I think I would ride with Kiki before Fuller too, and. Uh, that's just the upside there the unknown versus the known injury yes. risk that always every every, that is just there with will and that's just un- very unfortunate but it is there you know um uh, but i was just this uh with will real quick I, I looked up right now he's going around uh the robbie anderson uh dante pettis um um kirk what's christian what's kirk? kirk's name Christian Kirk, yeah, he's going around that that wide receiver range, and man, I'm telling you, man, if those three guys are on the board, I, the potential number one in all three of those offenses. I think I'd have to pull the trigger on one of them before I went. Before I went yeah, I'd Fuller. go one, two, three, and then Will Fuller way, way, way uh, later, because yeah, I don't I think he belongs in that tier. I know ADP no, is I mean, saying otherwise, but I, don't, I just don't think that he belongs in that tier right now. Mm-mm, I agree, one hundred percent. All right, sorry, you're talking about uh, me riding with Kiki. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on Kiki Cutie? Man, uh, Kiki's he's uh, he's going about three rounds later than Will Fuller right now. And when Kiki was playing, uh, he had some games where he was heavily uh, targeted by Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. So I think Deshaun likes him. Um, he also dealt with some injuries last year, too. Uh, but I think that's kind of built into his um, draft price right now. So where he's going around, you know, DK Metcalf, I'd rather have Kiki than DK Metcalf. Oh, you know, some of these rookie wide receivers. So yeah, I mean, uh, he's I mean he's okay honestly going a little high though. Like, what do you have? What do you? Where do you see him going? Where do I see him yeah. going, or where would I take? No, no. Him? Where do you see him going amongst wide receivers? Because I thought uh, he's the gap was the... actually kind of close. He's the 43rd wide receiver. Okay, yeah, I got him at 42. So, so I mean, yeah, that's like the wide right receiver there. four. But you know what I would say is what what I found interesting is where Will Fuller is. Like like you said, between the whole tier of a Robbie Anderson, um, mm-hmm. Dante Pettis, I saw Sterling Shepard and Christian Kirk in there as well. Yep, yep and Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, yep. What I see is like Kiki Cutie going in the mid to low 40s, like, like the better part of the 40s. And... It's really interesting, but what's kind of weird is I think that I feel the same way about the other receivers that are around Kiki as well. Yeah, there's some there you Because a lot of the guys that we had spoken of, I mean, we'll get in a couple that we'll get into future podcasts or maybe this podcast. You know, there's the D.D. Westbrook out there. Yeah. Um, well, Fitz is still kicking out Kurt, there. Curtis, Curtis Samuels, Samuels out there and Anthony uh, Miller, who we spoke about. I mean, a lot mm. of these guys, I think that I might actually take them ahead of kiki which uh, is kiki? you know i can't blame i don't know man maybe me. these maybe the fantasy community is just over over hyping these um houston guys a little bit the same way they're maybe over hyping deshaun jackson Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. Wow. see what i did there that one in there yeah. Yeah. yeah you like what i did there huh uh, so i don't know food for thought but um you know it's just a matter of what your preferences are obviously and there you go. What's your team need? I think if anything, it just shows you that wide receivers are pretty deep. That's that's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, um, coming over to tight end, I think we're good on the wideouts. I think you're 
I think we're okay. Yeah, I yeah. think those I think those three are the ones that we we would care about. Right, right. Everyone else is a little bit lower or too unproven for us to really know at this point. Yeah. Um, they have a couple of uh, tight ends though. Now, they may not be <laughs> tight ends do. that you have heard of, <laughs> but they have a couple of them on the roster. So I just wanted to let you know that they do. Okay, so um, they so they are going to roster tight ends. This they year. are going to <laughs> roster tight ends this year, which is. Which is good as a would team you, in the NFL. You might want to have some tight ends, which is, you know, help you your roster. Say, would you say any fantasy uh, in a 12-team will roster How dare you? their tight ends? <laughs> How dare you? Well, have you ever heard of a guy named Darren Fells? Fantasy darling Darren Fells? Oh, yeah. I've heard of uh, oh, Darren Fells. He, he was uh, a Ram at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a blocking tight end. Um, and he's yeah. not going to be their fantasy-relevant tight end. What? No, not but in all. all seriousness, though? They actually have a few guys that are younger. I don't know how yeah. interesting they are, but they're younger and athletic. So they drafted a rookie this year um, out of the West Coast in Kahale Waring, yeah. um, who, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to be pretty, um, like more of an athletic type of guy with kind of those those tools that you look for. Now, I just don't know anything about him because, I mean, I don't really pay that to tight ends as much. But they also have a couple guys from last year who were among the among, amongst the mold of those um, bust out kind of fantasy relevant guys in Jordan Thomas and Jordan Aikens. Any feelings that you have on either of those guys? I have zero feelings. Good. You know why? Because <laughs> I, I freaking agree. I don't think Deshaun Watson's really shown a propensity to the other tight end in his first two years. Um, I think when he gets to that point, he's like, oh, yeah, well. Um, I think I'm just going to go ahead and take off here and pick up the yards yeah, I need on my own. There's other options. So, it's just to prove your point of the tight end, uh, Jordan Tom, Thomas played all 16 games last year, and he had a total of 27 targets. So. Yeah, I mean, there were other tight ends in the mix last year. Um, I know Steven Anderson was there, so yeah, that's he, true. he yeah. actually, when he wasn't dealing with concussion like symptoms, he was um, yeah, actually he was, catching passes. Oh, he was okay. But what's interesting is that the highest guy that I see in terms of the draft position is a tight end four, um, going 38 overall. And that's who you just mentioned, Jordan Thomas. Which, A, if you're really high on this offense, you might just want to pick him up off the street or pick him up in the last round because he probably will be there. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he so, probably be there, and he probably be there after week one. On a yeah, because he probably won't be doing too much. So, no. yeah. Anyway, yeah. But um, I think good... it's just good to mention that, yeah, we don't really think that tight ends are worth mentioning, so... So yeah, Thanks, that, I think that, that, good about, information. Uh, that about does it for their offensive skill players. And the one thing of note, you just got to kind of mention when you're talking about these teams that are either an outlier going on the good side or an outlier on the bad side. When you have a good offensive line, you definitely want to bring it up. But similarly, when you have a terrible offensive line, you really want to point it out as well and try and understand what, what impacts is going to have on an offense, which I would definitely be one to argue that the Houston Texans offense um, the last couple of years, in fact, has been rated as one of the, the worst offensive lines um, in the NFL, Ever. you know, as a unit. And last year, you mentioned they gave up the most sacks against and um, opposing defenses. And obviously, Deshaun Watson's trying to stay upright back there and is having a very difficult time of doing that when oh, yeah. he's on the ground half the time, half the time during the game. So that makes it one. Not, number one makes it difficult. Number two. They didn't really do a hell of a lot to upgrade the offensive line in this offseason. They did take a, a tackle pretty high in the draft, but mm -hmm. um, 
most of the word on the tackle was that he didn't necessarily, he's, he's more of a raw prospect at this point. And it doesn't matter where you necessarily take him, it's just a matter of, hey, once he gets out on the field, can he play? And it's a small yeah. school guy who they're really hoping comes along fit quick because they're going to need him. So, yeah. I wouldn't say that um, offensive line is your strong point. So just something to bear in mind, again, when you're looking at all these skill position players. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's awesome, but how much time will he honestly have to get it out to any of his skill guys? So just some food for thought there. Speaking of good offensive lines, you know who did have a good or who does have a good offensive line? Yeah, I think I do. It's that, it's that next team we're going to talk about. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nice segue. Uh, there. That's a better segue. The pro football focus, man, they, they rated the Colts as the fifth offensive line, best offensive line going into this year. So I think they have a pretty good offensive yeah. line. They were good last yep, year. Yep. I would agree. And but you know what's funny? They made a weird, they made a weird uh, offseason move, though. But yeah, go ahead. You know what's funny is that last year, if we were speaking about the same kind of teams, the Colts oh, yeah, would have said, Jesus Christ, this offensive line is garbage. But yeah. um, obviously they, they, made they actually made moves and invested in an offensive line to finally keep their damn franchise quarterback healthy. And I think it paid off for them really, really well. Yeah, sorry, but oh, yeah. what were you saying? They had a couple of interesting uh, moves as well. Oh, the weird the weird move. They had the, such a great offensive line, but then they fired their offensive line coach. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird, right? A little weird. A little, a little odd, but little odd, maybe so. they didn't think that they were the best or fifth best offensive line, so. They said, we need to be number one. This top five is bullshit. bullshit. Uh, Wasn't that um, what's his face's old college coach too? Yeah, from Notre Dame, or is that the one that came back, or they, they hired instead? That I don't know. Uh, let's see, let's see. Yeah, I forget his name right now, but the guard know. that they drafted out of Notre Dame. Oh, the guard, the guard, the Quint, uh, Quentin Nelson. Nelson. Quentin Nelson. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty I'm sure that it was his offensive line coach. And he was very highly regarded. Uh, so, uh, I mean, just a, just a little kind of fun fact yeah. tidbit there. But anyways, continue. That's a fun fact. All right. So that, that great offensive line is what uh, had what, what propelled Andrew Luck to a full healthy season, man. I noticed it. I think Andrew Luck is back. Thank goodness. Cause, well, yeah, uh, I he, would say so. He's fun to watch. He, he, he is a, a fun quarterback, fantasy quarterback to Hell watch. Hell, yeah. Especially with that. Mm, that, that nice neck beard, man. Oh, he's the man. Anyway. <laughs> it's the least attractive thing I think I've seen in a very, very long time. It's so gross. Oh, it really is. But hey, whatever floats his boat, right? <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah, you're very familiar with Andrew Luck as you drafted, uh, well, you drafted the two top five quarterbacks last year, Dude, man. I think so, there were one and two at least 15 out of 16 games, which is insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's not much to talk about Luck. You know, you know who he is. You know what he's gonna do. He's gonna go out there and throw 30 touchdowns. He's gonna he's gonna turn the ball over a little bit too. But uh, he's he's gonna be a top five fantasy quarterback at the end of the year. And um, as you said, you said very very rarely you see him being taken number one. But it is happening. Um, I think he has the touchdown upside. He could he could be the quarterback to throw for 45 touchdowns this year. You know who knows. But uh, Comparing him to Deshaun Watson, I think the reason I like Deshaun Watson is just because of the rushing aspect um, of why I think I would take him over Luck, just because you know he's got that that nice floor uh, week to week just because he's going to run the ball. Um, 
But I also could see a world where Andrew Luck finishes ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Not saying it's going to happen, but I could see that world where it does happen. Uh, any, anything you would like to comment about Andrew Luck? Or are you you good, man? I mean, I'm he's, good. I think the the tape kind of spoke it's, for itself. It's he's back. Yeah, that's about it. He, he's back. But uh, I think he was kind of a surprise last year. Is is the Mac attack, man? Marlon Mack. Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was a he was a pretty good running back when he was healthy last year. And I think uh, I think our diehard listener of Stephen Jolly would agree to that because he drafted Marlon Mack and he wrote him pretty well. He, he wrote him hard. He wrote him real hard. He wrote him really nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, it could just be me. But I watch a lot of Colts games because you know Atlanta's a Colts fan. Mm-hmm. So I watch I watch them all. But you know I was. I know I hate I, fucking I watching Cowboys, dude. Jesus. Uh, oh god. I did. So I did. Uh, you know the dynasty or whatever this year, and I was talking about Marlon Mack, and just in my head, I thought Marlon Mack caught a decent amount of passes last year right would you would you agree with that or you just you, you know he's not a pass catching I would disagree with that yeah <laughs> that he, is it because I told you the answer no <laughs> no no um, I know that they got a pass catching running back out of the back well they do like yeah they do but actually played but that. would it surprise you that he never caught more than two passes in a game would that surprise you yeah I mean okay he caught uh, he caught he did it one time Last year, that, that's it. He never saw more than four targets in a game. That's what really surprised me. Because huh, I mean, when you th- yeah. when you think of the Colts, I mean they're they're a, it's a definitely pass first offense. Um, and I think I think that's why you see Marlon Mack probably going uh, in the what late third, early fourth round right mm-hmm. now, uh, just because you know, as you said, they have that running back who likes to catch passes in Hines, and that's obviously going to take away fantasy points from. Marlon Mack, because Marlon Mack will get game scripted out if they're behind. He's not going to be their pass catching back. So I just thought it was interesting. I, just, I didn't realize that it was such a low number of passes that he caught throughout the year. But maybe some people knew that, and I'm just an idiot. Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's more like it right there. Yeah, that um, hits the nail in the head for you right there. <laughs> now, what's interesting, even, though, is that he finished last year, even with that said... Uh, pretty high in the fantasy ranking. So he finished as the 21st running back, RB two, one, and which is great because he doesn't catch passes as we just said. And he, he only played 18th? in 21st. Uh, 21st. Okay. Yes, and he only played in 12 games. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he could be a he could be a mid uh, RB two, you know, at the full 16 game season. Absolutely. I think. Um. But as you were saying, they got that other pass-catching running back, uh, and Nahi Hines. Um, Nahi Hines. Hines. Naheem Hines. 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 Jesus, um, man. I know, man. It's, these, these, what happened to regular names? I don't know. What's a regular anyway, name to you? Because Naheem is probably Daniel. a regular name to him. Uh, have you, how many people do you know named Naheem? I know a guy named Naheem. Naheem Hines. Yeah. So what? <laughs> All right. Uh, so this dude, I mean, obviously he's their pass catcher back. He's, he's their guy. He he finished eighth last year in uh, in running back catches, which is pretty pretty good considering all the running backs out there who are uh, heavily targeted and who play, you know, three down roles. Absolutely. Uh, 
So, I mean, I think he is very fantasy relevant. Somebody you could plug into your uh, flex next year um, who gives you a, a pretty good upside uh, for that for that role in your starting lineup. Yeah, but I mean, yes, I guess. Um, I mean, just to that point, they did start to feed the bat, start to feed the rock a lot more to Marlon Mack once that offensive team got going. In the beginning yes, of the yes. season, Winston you got remember ahead. that yes. they did start the year as a one and five team, Terrible. but Terrible. they finished the year nine and one. So oh, yeah. you know that last kind of quarter of the season there, in the last four games, Marlon Mack was a top ten running back. So, mm-hmm. and I mean I don't think Naheem Hines was taking away too many of his. Um, He's not taking the carries. He at wasn't all, taking no. away too many of those those snaps, let alone those carries, and he fell well outside the top thirty. So, I mean, you got to yeah. understand, you know, where when the team's going to do well, do you anticipate them taking a huge step back or another step forward, you know? So, I think this is just something well, to bear uh, in mind there. It is. Um, I like them just because of uh, one of the targets I talked about, but the fact that they are past, such a pass-heavy team. Um, you Absolutely. Know, I think he has, he has his role. It's there. Um, they want him on the field. You know, on third downs, and especially when they're behind. No Jordan Wilkins left. What? I was going to bring him up. You know, they signed Spencer Ware. They got old uh, Jordan Wilkins. Uh, it would be interesting if something happened to Marlon Mack. Uh, Who gets I, that? I mean, I guess, I guess it would be Jordan Wilkins. I think it would be that kind of terrible committee that they had last year. Yeah. When they I mean, at the yeah, beginning of the year they had they had a three-headed monster or three-headed puppy of. Um, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins, and Marlon Mack until they finally started giving the rock. Don't forget, hey, don't, for, don't forget about Robert Turbin, too. Man. Yeah, he Robert Turbin there. had negative <laughs> two points for the season, so that was great, too. He lost a fumble. But, um, no, I mean, I think Jordan Wilkins just kind of got phased out, and I don't think that they want to feature him until yeah. they show a little more growth out of him. But he was a huge sleeper last year for a lot of people because he was going well late in drafts, mm-hmm. let alone that was, undrafted. That was Matt's sleeper. Yep. I know, I, 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 I scooped him in a 16-teamer and then held on Did to him you? for way too long. Well, by <laughs> holding on to him for too long, I would have said that if I held on to him for one week and I held on to him, I held on to him for a lot longer than one week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, feel it the happens, pain. You know, it happens, but, I mean... Sometimes you know, sleepers work. Sometimes, Sometimes they don't. It is what it is, right? It is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I really like Marlon Mack going into this year. Um, like nine times, as I said, so I, you know they're going to be a good team, a good offense. So uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to spend the draft price on Marlon Mack where he's going right now. Oh no, I don't know, no, no, uh, no. As in, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't no. mind. Correct. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, moving on, moving on to the <laughs> to the wide receivers. Man, they had a huge addition to the wide receivers this year. Devin Funches. Hey, what? yeah, he is pretty big. He's a big guy. I think he was oh, tight end in college too. He's a huge dude, right? <laughs> um, but first, I think we should talk about their wide receiver one man, T.Y. Hilton. That dude's pretty good, don't you think? I like him. Yeah, he's he's I think pretty. He good. him to me too. Uh, la, la, the year before last, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, we did. Damn. Yeah, it was the Carson Wentz trade. Ah, that's right, the Carson Wentz trade. Yeah, yeah. 
Last year, Tommy had T.Y. Yeah, he did. He finished last. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but anyway, man. Uh, so right now, T.Y. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I'm not. Gotta hey, you know who finished get... last? Tommy did. Who, who? Who was that? Was it Tommy? Who's going to who's gonna be serving, uh, serving those drinks uh, in a couple weeks? Thomas. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, T.Y., I mean, there's not too much to talk about him. He's he's going to be, you know, a low-end wide receiver one yep. and high-end wide receiver two every year. Every year. Um, that's what he's book always it. done. As in long his, as Andrew Luck's his, there, book it. Yeah. I mean, the one year he wasn't was you couldn't book the, it. No. The, 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 the year that the brisket. Him, so. Yeah. No brisket, no biscuit. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah, Luck's there, T.Y., he, he's, he's a locked-in. I, would you feel comfortable if you if going out of the draft he was your number one wide receiver? Oh yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sweating it too with, much. That's for sure. The thing with Ty, man, he's always he's always a yardage guy, right? He's crazy. It's because of the, the big plays. Yep. He always has a lot of yards. If he could just get those touchdowns, just a couple, two, three more. Well, no, with Andrew, I think a, he gets them. I mean, maybe not last year, well, as he, many, but he's never he's never had more than seven in his career huh, that's in, in a season. Okay, so. I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, yeah, me either. Um, but I mean, if he could, if he could just get to that ten, you know, three mm-hmm. more touchdowns, you're looking at a, a wide receiver one, yeah. easy. Agreed. You know, so. But yeah, man. Uh, and then as we were talking about, the guy who could potentially hurt any touchdown upside would be uh, Devin Funches, man. Yep. That dude's a, a big guy who, who's gonna. I think he'll catch a couple of touchdowns. What do you think? He's got a chance, yeah. but. Uh- <laughs> He's still Devin Funches. So. He, he sure is, and I, I think he's going to be a uh, say if he's somebody you draft. I think he's going to be a frustrating uh, player to have on your team. Yeah, like he's been every year of his career. I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's going to be a, a three target a game three target guy catch. You hope six touchdowns in the I, year. That's what he'll do. Hope hope he gets a touchdown that week you start him yep. right. But, but I mean, really, which is nice at tight is, end, but at wide receiver, I think you're yeah. gonna have better options. Uh, so, ex- do you really want to be, you know, hoping and praying that you get a touchdown on your wide receiver position? Me, probably not. No, no, not at all. I, I will say, speaking of tight end, I, I think that would probably be where punches would eat into. Uh, would be good old Eric Ebron's touchdowns that he had last year. So yes and no. Rather I don't think that I think you gotta, think you gotta also think that T.Y. is not going to increase his tight end um, amount but at the same time I don't think that what um, Ebron did last year is going to be repeatable. No, not at all. Uh, and I don't. I think one of the reasons why it might not be repeatable is because now they have big ass Devin Funches to throw the ball. Hey so man, that, that could be a, and a healthy the Jack Doyle. Everyone wants to hate on him, but and guess what? They Dude. liked that guy, and he was definitely the starter before Ebron was there. Ooh. Definitely the starter when he got back, but then he got mm-hmm. injured a couple times. So yeah, he did. He, he when he when him and Ebron played together, he led led the team in snaps even with Ebron there. Yep. So Ebron kept scoring, um, but Doyle kept yes. playing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, how that how that kind of plays out with uh, with Jack Doyle coming back, you know how it, it's definitely going to eat into Ebron. Obviously. Oh yeah. Um, hey man, it, even so, he's still going as a top ten running or tight end. So Ebron yeah. is. 
Would you take him as a top 10 tight end? See, I don't think so. But see, I don't know because so. uh, it just depends on where he is in the draft and where I am as well. Exactly. Like, where am I feeling yeah. at that moment in time? Uh, do you know what you've heard of the Scott Fishbowl? No, I have not. Scott Fishbowl. It's a big, it's a big fantasy um, get, event, I guess, put on by Scott Fish. Um, <laughs> it's twelve. It's a twelve hundred people, um, and a lot of them are like Matthew Berry's of the world and um, other fantasy sure. outlets that ex- experts, you know, that come together. And then he also picks a bunch of people uh, to fill up these two hundred leagues, twelve man, twelve man leagues. Uh, but just real quick. Uh, I was listening to something. It's, some, it's a tight end premium league, so they're a little more valuable. But somebody took uh, Eric Ebron as the first pick of the fourth round <laughs> in one of those. Yeah. Like, oof. The fuck. <laughs> like uh, I understand that you feel a little pressured. I'm sure Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, saw them. They went pretty early, but man, there's no way I'd feel too much pressure to take him as the first pick in the fourth yeah. round. <laughs> that's that's anyway, maybe that, a little rich was... for my blood, but I mean. What do yeah. I know? But hey, if somebody out there in our league wants to take him with the first pick of the fourth round, uh, be my guest, right? You might have be to just guest. to get him. So I think that'll be smart yeah, to do. If you want to get him on your team, so then you might need to spend the money to get him. So I think so too, man. But yeah, man, the Colts, I think they have quite a few fantasy options going into 2019. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, great offensive line. And uh, yeah, man, speaking of another great offensive line there's a the team right after there is a, third, there's man. a theme in this division huh there is man go go for it yeah so um the next team up for discussion here is uh none other than the tennessee titans tennessee titans. tennessee titans and um i guess when you start talking about the titans you gotta start at one place and that's that place is with marcus mariota marcus mariota still leading the team um <laughs> I know, it's kind of crazy, but it does have a new backup. None other than uh-huh. I, Miami, I, uh... and Miami and Texas A&M's own Ryan Tannehill, who I think it's pretty safe to say Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. Um, Tannehill's going to be the backup, but guess what? If Mariota struggles, if Mariota gets hurt again, which, you know, surprise, surprise, happens every probably freaking happen. year, and it probably won't be a huge surprise when it does happen, and uh, I think that you know, I, uh, he could probably I think play Tannehill well and take, over, the, take over the spot, to be honest with you. I think I think he I think he is. I think he'll take it over by the end of the year. Damn. No matter if Mariota gets hurt or not. That's just that's just my uh that's just my take. Yeah. But sorry. I mean I think it's I think it's very possible. I think it's very plausible. Now do I actually see it happening is a different question. But yeah. I don't know where we will necessarily be taking uh, Marcus Mariota. I don't. Doesn't sound from what you're saying. Um, it doesn't sound like you're too high on him either. I know for yeah. a fact that I'm not very high on him. So uh, I think it's. I mean, easy to say that probably won't be too high on our boards and probably not going to land on our rosters. In fact, I don't even know if in a 12-team league he is oftentimes being drafted because there's so many good options at freaking quarterback. And so even deep, in man. a standard redraft league right now, he's going close to the bottom of all 32 starters you know where he's going right now where over under on 30 over being higher uh, than 30 or under oh no, no, no listen, listen to this 29 and a half 
So that way, 30 is below, 30 and below, or 29 and above. Uh, I would. I'd have to say above. Above, above 30. Okay, fine. 20, above. Yeah. Okay. So, I, so, so I'd say 28 or sooner. Okay. So then, how about this? Let's say 25 and a half, or earlier, or 26 or later. I'd say right about that, right there, but the 26, 25. Yeah, man, you're right. Th you're right on the nail. You're right on the nail there. He's going 27th overall. Sweet. So I mean, nice. I don't think the area where he's going is a whole bunch of quarterbacks that are getting drafted really highly. It's you know you know your Derek Carrs, Andy Dalton's, Nick Foles, who we'll talk about in a little bit, and Joe Flacco's of the world. So with that said, I don't think that he's going to offer too much fantasy relevance. But also with that said, if you really want him on your team, he'll be there. So, by all means, go after him. Grab him, man. I <laughs> scoop him up. Get him, because he's... Get him. Get, just get him. Yeah, you know, nothing else needs to be said. Anyways, I think we can kind of move on from no, that quarterback situation there. Now, moving on to the next position at running back, I think we can we got a guy that's pretty relevant to our discussion here and kind of fun to talk about here in Derrick Henry. Now, oh, yeah. do you know, Dan, where Derrick Henry finished last season? I do. Oh, you do. Oh, okay. Did you look this up? Yeah. Damn it, Dan. No, I, I, well, <laughs> I have him. I, I drafted him on my dynasty team, or I traded for him on my dynasty team. Oh, so I wow. Do know. Wow. So uh, you're he very... finished as the, the running back fourteen. He back. finished as RB fourteen. Yeah. Dude, that is insane. Okay. It's very insane. Same. No, no, different style of question here. Okay. And okay. actually, I think in a half point PPR league. Last year, did he not finish lower than that? No, 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 he did finish at 14. No, Projections have him a little bit lower this year. So, yeah. Um, all right. So, how about this? Through weeks one through 12, where do you Terrible. think? Huh? <laughs> I said, I said terrible. terrible. Okay. So, in weeks one terrible. through 12, <laughs> so they played 11 games in that time. He finished where? How about this? 34 uh, and a half or above or 35 and later? Uh, 35 and later. Yeah. Dude was 39th at that point in time. And mind you, again, he finished number 14. Mm -hmm. So... In the last four games of the season, he was the number one running back. And actually, last five games of the season, he was last. He was the number one running back in all of fantasy football. Half point PPR standard or full point, it doesn't matter. But that is just freaking crazy to me, man. Oh, it's it's bonkers, man. It is bonkers. It's, and uh... the craziest part is, is that when you look at his, um, when you look at his points, when you look at his points per game in that last four weeks, last quarter of the season as well. He didn't only score higher than any other running back, but he was a full six points higher per game than the next Ooh. running back. Dang. Wow. I didn't know it was that, that big of a, a difference. How the hell do you think you got from 39 to 14 in five Those games? Touchdowns. Those touchdowns, man. Jesus Christ, man. In four, in that last quarter... He averaged 25.7 points. Todd Gurley was the only running back 
to average more than 20 points for the whole season last year, okay? In a, in a half point, he was the only one to do it. What do you think he did? What do I think? Todd Gurley uh, did for the whole time. Per game, basically? Yeah, per game. Probably 20, 23. Yeah, he was 24 and a half, which was insane. And no other running back even hit close okay. to that, right? Actually, in, in a half point, they actually got a little bit higher. But uh, yeah, he was 24 and a half. Whereas, yeah, this guy was in freaking sane. So that that brings up the question of what's your outlook on him going into this year? Is he going to be the Derrick Henry that we saw at the end of the last year? Is he going to be the same Derrick Henry we saw at the beginning of the year? And what do you think? See, that's my thing is that I think that the end of last season is more of the anomaly and that the beginning of the season is more of the what our expectations should be level set as. You know what? You know what? I want to I I digress here one second. For all those people that benched Derrick Henry in that like fucking crazy Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night game where he ran this for sucks. 200 yards this and sucks. four touchdowns. No, you know what, Dan? It doesn't yeah. suck. You know why? It makes sense why they did it. Okay. But it sucks because you see us sitting there on your bench. That's well, why it no, sucks. No, no, no. Here's the thing. If you had him on your bench from 1 through 11 and you still had him on your bench in week 12, I think you were stupid for doing that. He was wasting space. Oh, yeah. But then, yeah, okay, if you had him, yeah, it wasn't great to watch those points sitting on your bench. But I don't think that you can say, sit there and be, oh, man, I'm so pissed I had benched Derrick Henry. No, motherfucker, you didn't bench Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry <laughs> benched himself. He lived on the bench. He was going was to home. live and die on the bench until he somehow found a second breath and finished number 14. So I digress. Yeah. I think he's going to be closer to 39 than he is 14, but I don't think he's going to be as low as 39. He'll fall into the end zone a few t- few Ooh. more times. I think he'll be right around 30, though. Are you? Oh, man. Yeah. I'd put a bet on that. I'd put a bet on that right now. What it's, it's funny because last because last year like me and you we had the same conversation and last year you were higher on Derrick Henry than I was and this year it's like reverse we reversed. Uh, Man, that's so uh, funny! I forgot about Henry. that conversation. What did we yeah. say last year? Yeah. Do you remember? Um, I, um, it was it was between Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis and I was more Deion Lewis last year and you were more Derrick Henry. Well, it was probably the touchdowns. Uh, then. I don't I, I, I don't, don't think, think we, it was anything else except for the touchdowns. Had to. Yeah, be. I don't think we had like a he's going to finish here type of discussion yeah. but uh, I think I think he'll finish as a, a running back too it might not be as high as running back 14 um, but I think uh, I, I don't I, maybe 18 to you know 23 that range um, yeah see no doubt. Just, I would definitely say because like you said he's going to fall in the end zone so I think he's like um, that tier right after it's your fun. tier do you, so do you think it's because he's bad, or do you think because the Titans will do what they did last year and try to make Deion Lewis work? Well, I think they're going to try and utilize Deion Lewis because they don't want to wear down Derrick Henry, number one, because he's already had so much tread off the tires. And number two, I just don't think that the anomaly of what he did at the end of last season is repeatable. Oh, yeah. That, I, I mean, think that's, 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 that's the bigger point there is that they're going to want to mix in more Deion Lewis, number one. Number two, he was just so outrageous that he has to regress back to the mean. That's outrage. Uh, well, it's, here's here's a fun uh, breaking news that I got. <laughs> it's 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 a uh, coach talk, so take it for what, what what you will. But uh, 
the offensive coordinator for, for the Titans, funny that it's tonight, uh, wants to ride Derrick Henry in his contract year. Wait, who said so, this? Let's see. Let's, the offensive coordinator for the Titans. Wow. So, let's see, man. I'm, I, I, I mean, I do see a world where, like you said, he finishes 25 or, or worse, right? I mean, that could definitely happen because he proved it in the first, you know, what, 11 weeks or whatever. Uh, but I also do believe man that's so crazy i wonder really wonder if that's coach speak or not <laughs> it dude it's hard right like it's it's fun because you're like oh man that's awesome and then it's like do i trust it but as i was saying in the beginning of the year last year they just paid Dion lewis and i really think they wanted Dion lewis to be a thing um hey they and, are uh, new england south for a reason yeah so and it didn't you know i don't think it worked as well as they were hoping for and I, I could see Derrick Henry being the bell cow and Dion being the third down guy, kind of like you know we see with uh, Naheem Hines. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the way I see it going. Absolutely, um, I got you. I'm with you. But I mean, like you said, I he he's like he's the unknown. He could be, you know, a top end RB two, or he could kill you every single week, and you just have to sit there and take it. And I think that's one of the big things. That's one. I guess of it's all of it. Yeah, I think that's one of the big discussion points is that you really have no freaking clue with this guy right now. Um, what is the Derrick Henry that yeah, what is Derrick Henry going to be and you know, how is he going to fit according to what he did last year? That is the big question and the you know, the big unknown. I mean, I think it's it's pretty safe to say that's the one mm-hmm. unknown that we have with this team, if there is any and actually I think they have a couple, but that is definitely one of the unknowns though. <laughs> Right now, he's going one spot ahead of Marlon Mack right now. Yeah, see, I would much he's rather going 17. rely on a Marlon Mack type than I would a Derrick Henry type because at least I know, even though it's not many targets, he gets the rare target. <laughs> that's that's what's so crazy about him finishing at running back 14. Derrick Henry had a career high in catches last year of 15. <laughs> and he still finished number 14 in a half-point PPR. He had less catches than <laughs> this what's game so played last year. <laughs> insane <laughs> so yeah I mean I, I get the people who say uh, I don't know and I get the people who that's are that's like, why you know what if you really love Derrick Henry just go ahead and take him because guess what I'm not going take to him. take him as high as you are so by all means he's yours that's your boy ride him, take him. ride him and let him ride you into the ground <laughs> with those manly beast legs and beast like so body big, he's man. such a giant wow. Jesus Anyways, moving on from the running back position, I think we can um, right, yeah, close we, up to the wide receiver. Go, go over to the wide receiver. <laughs> so, um, wide receivers, you got to kind of start with Corey Davis here. Now, I know I shared that one statistic with you last year. Do you recall that stat last year, Dan? Um, or do you recall I, like what total, I was? Um, a total guess is it? Is it Mariota in top twenty-four wide receivers? That one, Mariota, Manesh. Are you talking Mariota? Yeah. What did I say? I thought we were talking about Corey Davis. Yeah, yeah well, I meant uh, him supporting wide receivers, but I guess that's not the stat you're getting at. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So it was um, it was a random statistic, but basically it was just the defensive teams or defensive secondaries, I guess you could say, that um, in terms of points per game allowed, 
that Corey Davis was going up against every single time or every single week, uh, it was insane. Like in, on Yahoo, whenever we access it, it shows up. The redder it is, the more like difficult it is to play against that defense. The greener it is, the easier that defense is to play against. Well, if you looked at Corey, Ga- Corey Davis' <laughs> uh, game log for the first 11 weeks, there was one team that was like green. And he had a good game that game. In the other 10 <laughs> games, it was like that. a deep, deep shade of red. And I think and he had like one or two of the yellow games where he again produced in the yellow games. So I think with that being said, whenever he played a really good or capable defense, they uh, focused on him and he just couldn't do anything. And then whenever they played a terrible defense, well, guess what he did? In the very rare times they did play a terrible defense, he actually produced. So it's just a matter of how lucky are you feeling when you know that this guy has got to play and go up against very a very similar set of defenses the same way he did this last year. Because he's still got to go up against a really good and up-and-coming up uh, Indianapolis Colts defense. He's got to go up against Jalen Ramsey twice a year. Like... Are you honestly feeling lucky about this? That he is going feel to feel lucky, punk. Feel lucky. <laughs> so, I'll tell you this: I am probably not feeling as lucky as I would need to in order to draft a guy like Corey Davis. And it's never, really never. unfortunate because I really liked him, which is really why I drafted him pretty high last year. And yeah, um, yeah it was it's kind of crazy, dude. I'd be I'd, it's, for me. It's not so much about Corey Davis as it is about Mariota. Um, I'd be, I'd, I think I'd be really interested in him if Tannehill took over, you know, just to see what would happen. But yeah, because it would be something uh, different. Yeah, different. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. See, I, I don't I know how much be better upgrade Tannehill is. I think it's just a lateral move. They both are what they are: low end starters, high end backups. Maybe. So interesting discussion there, and yeah, I looked it up again, um, and it was the first 11 games. Corey Davis um, fought, played the number two easiest defense and had a big game. The other 10 games, the highest quote ranking team that would give him the most points basically was ranked 21st. <laughs> Everyone else was in terms of points allowed wow. between 21 and 32, and yes. He went up wow. against 31 a couple times, 28 a couple times, and 25 a couple times. So, yeah, he played against some really, really crazy matchups. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you'd feel better this year about taking him because his ADP is definitely not as high as you had to take him last year. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that. I guess that's your one saving grace with the Corey Davis is that you don't have to waste too much draft capital, which is nice. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. moving on from him, I think there's a couple of the guys um, just kind of quickly want to touch on, and that's uh, the rookie out of Mississippi, not DK Metcalf, but his um, brother from another mother, AJ Brown. Well, I think they're brothers from another mother. Maybe they're not, but I think it's safe to say Metcalf and Brown, not brothers. So, yeah, AJ Brown, uh, slot receiver out of Mississippi, and his, I guess, now new partner in crime, another slot receiver. This time out of uh, Clemson, actually, Adam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. So your typical Patriots white guy um, slot receiver in Adam Humphreys, and 
your kind of flashy rookie coming in, AJ Brown. Who you got? Uh, I'll take Humphreys. Yeah, see, I I might go with the unknown Only, of not... AJ Brown. Uh, I, I just I just uh, definitely not unknown rookie wide receivers for the most part. Uh, which I mean, I guess with Humphreys coming in, it's a new offense for him too, so he, he has a learning curve as well. But um, and rookie wide receivers just seem to bite me in the ass the past couple of years. So mm-hmm. I just take Humphreys in the slot, let him you know get his ninety something targets and and see what happens. Um, see, that is if he gets those ninety targets. Now, I will tell you that it is very plausible that it happens because they paid that man a lot of money. And the Patriots actually went after him pretty hard. Surprise, surprise. They wanted another slot, um, a quick, quicker than fast <laughs> slot, white wide receiver, a small one. But this time the Titans actually outbid them um, in to form their version of Patriot South. So I thought that was pretty funny yeah. that the Patriots really went yeah. hard after him and the Patriots did not get him. And yeah. everyone knew about it, which I'm sure infuriated <laughs> Belichick. So I just like to see that because I think he's a dick a lot and... I don't know. I like it when bad things happen to dicks. Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care about the Patriots. I'm just saying that guy's a dick. And yeah, man. Dude, that's the third time you brought them up. Leave them alone. Hey, I mean, it just happened to be that they went after this guy. So I'm, I'm yeah. saying this in terms of your argument. Uh, you actually, you know, are fighting in favor of the, this guy, Adam Humphreys. But um, I'm saying that I think that A.J. Brown might you, have... You would uh, go the other way? Yeah. I mean, just because I think I know what Adam Humphreys is, I don't think that... Well, especially with a guy like Marcus Mariota, I don't think he's going to go crazy. Um, no, he's not going to go crazy, but I think Corey Davis also has proven that a wide receiver in that offense probably isn't going to go crazy. Yeah, and see, I think that's the safest option there. Is yeah. What do you think, A or B? Well, we're going to both pick C, which is neither of the above. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, we'll be lucky if we can I mean, get one fantasy-relevant, fantasy-supporting wide receiver out of that offense. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a stay away. I agree yeah. with that, Dan. Good point. Yeah. Um, and then last here, but not least, we do have our tight ends here. Now, the the one difference being there are actually fantasy-relevant tight ends in this offense, which Ooh, is, uh, sure is different from our my previous team in the Texans. So here we have um, a guy returning from injury, a little bit older now. Uh, but still, hey man, he's come back, and that's Delaney Walker. So, do you know where Delaney Walker is going currently? You, you like cut out for a good five seconds. Oh, well that's weird. So, I'll go ahead and what, rephrase what this. What all but, did you say? Um, actually a fantasy relevant offense in terms of the tight end position, and you got to kind of start out there with Delaney Walker. So, Delaney Walker, where do you have him going? Where do you think he's going? Uh, he'd, he'd probably be in, I would say, probably the tight end two range. Uh, maybe late tight end two, just because he's a name and you know who he is. Um, so late tight end two, meaning late teens, early 20s? Just a guess. This is what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I well, I will tell you this. He's a high-end tight end two right now. He's going 13th. Really? Right at that 12-13 corner. Yep. Um, he's going one spot after Trey Burton and right ahead, which I imagine this guy will start falling now, of Chris Herndon, who is now suspended. So, um, yeah, Chris Herndon was that high? I did not realize that either. How insane that's, is that's that? That's crazy. 
We I don't even think we talked about it. I don't think we did either. And we actually had that um, pod obviously already, but he must have been higher when we when we spoke about him because this is now showing that he's 14, where I would imagine all the guys after him were probably being taken ahead of him, but they weren't. So I just <laughs> thought that was nuts. But yeah, but yeah, so he's being taken 13th right now. Uh, so clearly uh, head and shoulders above his backup. Uh, Johnny Smith, who's actually being taken 34th. So, way, way late. Probably undrafted there. Yeah. Now, what I would say is, I think that he has the job to himself if he can come back and beat the old Delaney Walker. But what I will also say as a caveat to that is, he's coming off a serious leg injury. He's really not a spring chicken anymore. Pretty old. And I don't know if I see that bounce back because it's hard to, as you saw last year with Greg Olson, it's kind of tough to, t- tough to watch these guys that you respect and learn to appreciate their game so much getting old and yeah. being not so good at football anymore. Yeah, he, he'll definitely be a drafted tight end. I, I don't think I'd be the one to take a shot at him. Yeah, no. But um, just real quick, man, just talking about Delaney Walker. Uh, all over Twitter has been people talking about the Madden, Madden ratings that just came out. Yeah. Madden rated, gave Delaney Walker a better overall rating than George Kittle, man. Get the I fuck was, out. They gave Delaney Walker a 92 and they gave J- George Kittle a 90. That's funny. Like, so yeah. what I would anyway. say is before last year, obviously you could say that Delaney Walker was deserving of a 92 rating after no an injury at 30 something years old. Do you really think that he's deserving yeah. of a 92 rating? That's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I think they might have, but... you know, accidentally forgot to up, up, update Delaney Walker's Madden rating, <laughs> and it just yeah. carried over from one year to the next. <laughs> well, that's neither here or there. I was just, that was I just thought that, that was, was But yeah, um, so I would say it's probably right around the right place for him. But again, yeah. how many mouths can you feed on the offensive passing game in this? In this. Not so scary offense, that, right? So yeah, a passing game that's probably not going to be, you know, one of the top half prolific attacks. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think we can agree that we're both not super high on them, but there is some upside there, especially in the running back yeah. um, room. So, it'll be interesting yeah. to watch at least how this offense unfolds. And um, yeah, with that, I think we got one last team left. Uh, one last team. And I think you're going to kind of kick us off here, Dan, with those Jacksonville Jaguars yeah man Jacksonville Jaguars are coming into 2019 off of a disappointing 2018 coming from a AFC championship game to the seller of their division man yeah it's a big it's a big turnaround in the wrong way yeah that's not good um but with that turnaround yeah with that turnaround they said Blake Bortles we've seen enough of you man it's it's time for you to go bye bye you know he's he's back up to Jerry Goff now, so who'd they bring in? The top prized free agent quarterback of Big Dick Nick Foles. Big Dick Dick. Uh, so he is now their QB1, man. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about him, and I don't know how I feel about him in that offense. Uh, I think what the offense he was in in Philadelphia worked very well for Nick Foles. I'm just not thinking it's going to translate down in Jacksonville as far as outside of fantasy, as far as, you know, just, just the team. Um, 
What do you think, man? You, you a Nick Foles fan, or you you think they overspent getting him down there? Yeah, I would definitely have to say that they probably overspent. Now, I will also throw on there that I'm not a huge Nick Foles guy. I think that uh, he is more of what we've seen in the past versus kind of what we've seen in spurts the last two years where I think that he falls right there as a product of that that, um, well product of that offense because I think he's a good offense but then also you know he's one of those players like a Case Keenum who can fill in admirably when he's your backup he's a high end backup low end starter type where you don't necessarily want him out there for 16 and so I think that we'll see that and the Jaguars are probably going to be paying a huge price against that whole thing Mm -hmm. but um, I agree and as far as swinging it back to fantasy man um, you know taking over the Jacksonville offense to begin with isn't you know the most appetizing thing for uh, our fantasy teams in my so what would you say to those people that said well, hey, Blake Bortles, even as terrible as he was, was super fantasy relevant in a few fantasy seasons, and he had the weapons and made them fantasy relevant as well. What would you say to those people? Um, I'd say that they are right. He was fantasy relevant, but uh, Blake Bortles also had a, a good floor as far as um, he, he rushed the ball more than Nick Foles is ever going to run the ball. He's a lot better at it than Nick Foles. And also... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the remember the year he threw uh, Allen Robinson. He had those 14 touchdowns that year. Blake Bortles was, I think, a top five fantasy quarterback that year. Their defense was not very wasn't the defense that we know today. So they, uh, you know, threw the ball a lot more than I think Nick Foles will throw the ball because um, they have a really good defense. And I think that they want to run the ball. I think that they want to get a lead, run the ball, and take the ball out of Nick Foles' hands. It's just my opinion. So I don't see him being fantasy relevant as Blake Bortles has been in the past. Yeah, you know what? I would agree. Um, and just to that last point there, I would also say the reason that um, Blake Bortles threw the ball so much a lot of times was because Blake Bortles put them in a position to throw have to throw the ball so much because of the sheer number of um, turnovers that he would produce so it wasn't all because of Blake Bortles being awesome it was because they were playing from behind so damn much like you said their defense wasn't always awesome as it has been recently and their offense hasn't always produced the way it it hummed when they were behind by 25 points so exactly Um, the one thing i will say is even though i don't necessarily think that uh nick Foles the second coming i also think that he can be a guy to keep them in the game more often than not too meaning they won't have to come from behind very very often they can keep keep the low keep the score low run the ball throw the ball when they need to and um, try and eke out wins with the really stellar play from their defense. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't think Nick Foles is going to be a drafted quarterback. So who do you think is going higher, Nick least? Foles or Marcus Mariota? Uh, Nick Foles. Oh, really? Right or wrong? Okay. I think so. Do you have an upgrade? I do. I do. So I yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> 
No, man. Um, they're actually going. Well, it's 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 funny. I can't necessarily say that they're going super far from one another by any means. But yeah, Nick Foles mm-hmm. is going right after Mariota, like by a spot, which uh, I can't really say that I disagree with it. But I definitely think <laughs> that um, yeah, yeah, they're they're both pretty garbage, and in terms of fantasy options, they're both not great. So it is what no. it is, right? But uh, he does have a fantasy relevance running back right behind him. Uh, I think you've heard of him as well. His name is Leonard Fournette. Yeah, but um, is he very fantasy relevant? I would say he is fantasy relevant. Okay. Because he has a third round draft price. Yeah. So I, I'd say he's fantasy relevant. Yep, you know what? You're right. Fantasy relevant. You should draft him in the third round, Dan. You never know, man. I, I, I don't hate Leonard Fournette. Okay. So you, you never know. He uh, he is injury prone, as we know. Um, yeah, you know what they but, say. Like a lot of times, you can't really say a guy's like injury prone. He's been injury, you know. Um, he's been more or less had bad luck towards injuries. Yeah, I don't think that's the case with Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette is definitely injury prone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he only played in eight games last year, but in those eight games, he scored six touchdowns. So there's there's that upside. What if mm-hmm. you know that? What if if he played the full 16 games? You know, especially now with what many people think a better quarterback of Nick Foles, um, could he have more scoring opportunities? We'll see. It's a very interesting um, point. But yeah, I mean, yeah. look, he's there, and his main backup from last year is not so. I think both of those are Maybe back up. Uh, points to definitely bring up. What, what I find interesting, you know, you brought the backup of TJ Yeldon gone. Um, TJ Yeldon is leaving behind 77 targets, right? Where are those going to go? Are those going to go to Leonard Fournette? Um, they also brought in, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't say this. I couldn't not laugh. Alfred Blue. <laughs> sorry. Wait, why is that funny? It's funny to me. <laughs> it just is like, why is Alfred Blue still getting a job? Uh, because he stays in, uh, healthy. What the hell do you <laughs> want so, besides but... that? Like, you want a guy that's... Dude, the best ability in the NFL is your availability. If you can't fucking yeah, yeah, play yeah. and you can't get on the fucking field, then you have no business being on a roster. Guess what Alfred Blue, do, Blue does? Whenever Lamar Miller got hurt in the last three seasons, four seasons in Houston, Alfred Blue has <laughs> stepped in and carried the rock about 30 to 40 times a game a lot of times. Yeah, sure, he averaged three yards a carry doing it in a pile of dust, but guess what? He still got... 40, 30, 30 carries in a lot of games. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, all right. Okay, so here, Alfred Blue, one of the games, 20 carries, 46 yards. <laughs> but, man, all right. Uh, I know, He's man, there. I, know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's the, if you're looking for his handcuff, I don't think it's him. Um, they also brought in Thomas Rawls. I don't think it's him. They brought in Benny Cunningham. I don't think it's him, man. I think it's the guy they drafted in the fifth round of the Temple, uh, Ryquel uh, Armstead. Okay. I think I said his name correctly yeah, the first Ryquel time. I think that's, that's the guy you want. And, that's interesting. Uh, okay. I think he will. I, Fournette, as we know, has had a little. Uh, him in the front office haven't seen eye to eye. So, and Fournette, this is his last year on that contract. Yeah, they're definitely so, not picking up his fifth year. <laughs> no, so Armstead, Armstead could be the guy next year, man. And he could be a flyer late, especially with, as you, you know, we talked about Fournette's injury. Uh, 
history. He could be a flyer at the end of the draft to take because, you know, it, he could get hurt at any, at any point. Any and point in time. I think that's who I, that's who I think is going to step in. You don't sound like you, you don't think it's going to be him. No, um, you know what? I think they would be much more um, prone to giving it to the guy that they trust, and that would be a guy that they brought in like an Alfred Blue versus um, the unknown in a rookie. But they might time timeshare, and then who knows what happens when it, whenever timeshares occur because you go based on how well you perform, and then if he performs well, well, guess what? He's going to stay. They're not going to keep his ass out, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean... I don't know what Alfred Blue's contract is. I think it'd be interesting if he even makes the team, honestly. Oh, okay. But fair. But we'll see. We'll see, man. We shall um, see. So real quick, back to the Fournette. I think you did touch on it. Third round too high for you for Fournette. Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I don't think that he's really, really worth that type of um, value. Just because I don't. I mean, I don't trust him on the field in terms of him being available and on to be frank i don't trust him off the field i mean so then we talked about last week we talked about davin cook obviously injury so those two guys that's the only two guys you can choose from they're just sitting there looking at you which which way would you go can i choose um in week two when one one of them gets hurt and choose the other (laughs) uh no i think yeah, better run, high. better offense. Let's go, Dalvin Cook. I yes, guess. I don't know. Exactly. Better offense, better upside, in my opinion, because he it. actually catches the ball. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But although yeah. they said Fournette has been trying to catch the ball a lot and has been the pass catcher as well, so 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 did Jordan Howard. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Poor fucking Jordan Howard. You know what happened to him? The Bears <laughs> fucked him, dude. They they threw the ball to him one game. Everybody got super pumped about it. Oh, They're like, man, oh my god. I remember he we were catch. Fan, the fantasy football community was losing its cumulative shit. Because yeah. everyone was like, oh my god, Jordan Howard's going to be a top five running back now. I knew I should have drafted him earlier. I knew I should have drafted him earlier. And then three weeks later, you're like, what the flying fuck is mm-hmm. going on? And by the end of the season, Tariq Cohen's a top ten running back. Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. or the ghost of Jordan Howard, is nowhere to be seen. And mm-hmm. lo and behold, now he's in Philadelphia. So yeah. I think he just got completely fucked by Chicago. Possibly. But uh, <laughs> that's a different. That's, that's a. Oh, no, we already talked. About yeah, we already talked about both of them, actually. And Philly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So then never mind. Forget that. Um, but yeah, Fortnite, third round. It is what it is. I, I, I'm not as scared by the by the third round draft draft uh, price. Yeah, you never know. I mean, if you're if you're running back needy at that point, and um, yeah, look, he, you know that he's going to get the carries because, like you said, exactly. there's a, um, a a veteran that's not really awesome or explosive, and there's an unproven rookie. So guess what? Mm-hmm. Guess what's going to happen to him? At least in the beginning, he will touch the fucking football. And guess what uh-huh. you need in fantasy football to score and point get points to touch the fucking football. Yeah. So. That's right. And could you just imagine if you went, say, the draft fell your way where you got two, like, stud Michael Thomas and Juju first, second round, and then Fournette was looking at you in the third round. I wouldn't think that. I don't think that's a bad way to start uh, start your draft. No, no, no. I don't think so either. It's You'd just, have a solid roster just, right there. Yeah. But uh, moving on, moving on to a less fantasy relevant, in my opinion, position. 
the wide receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh. They are not the most exciting group. What? To me, as far as fantasy goes. Says who? Uh, they lost. They lost the Manqueef, man. No. He, he was. He was the dude. He's gone. So, returning since he's gone, returning will be Marquise Lee. You think he's the one? ACL. Uh, no, I don't think he's the okay. one. I do not. I just think he's returning. <laughs> okay, he is returning. That's true. I think he is returning, uh, too. <laughs> uh, even though I did read a report, he is not ready for training camp, so that's not a good start. Because mm-hmm. uh, he tore that. I think Jayton drafted him last year, right? And then he tore his ACL like a couple minutes later. Yeah, I think was that last year? That. So, I mean, that was an early, early ACL tear. Yeah. But. Unfortunately, uh, re- reports right now he's not going to be ready for camp. So then that's going to bring us DD Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and DJ Shark. Is there one of those guys that you would be excited? Hey, about don't forget Chris Conley. They signed him too. They did. That's, you are right. Um, hey, and most importantly, you cannot forget about Terrell Pryor, who they also signed. That's, that is true. Most, man. most importantly, right? That's, that's very true. So, okay, we'll add them to the pile of our receivers. <laughs> well, number one, I would say I was super fucking pissed when Keelan Cole didn't get the ball. But I'm pretty sure that that's uh, because they didn't like him and they still don't like him. And so I don't think he's touching the ball again this year. I either. wasn't that upset because I traded him to you. Yeah, so I was, was super nice. upset because I traded for him. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 even worse. But, uh, but, I mean, I just thought that he had some good games and then all of a sudden they didn't want to play him. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck, yeah. man? But yeah, with Marquise Lee being still hurt, I think number one far and away in this offense is D.D. Westbrook. He is no the doubt. prime breakout candidate for this offense. He is for more or less going to try to be there, you know, on in terms of football terms, their Tyree Kill. A dude that, and actually maybe even off the field um, with his history, but <laughs> I digress. But yeah, a D.D. Westbrook type where with the ball in this dude's hands, well, he has got speed to fucking burn. Number one. And mm-hmm. Number two, you get the ball into this guy's hands in space. Yeah, good luck to whatever defense is trying to stop or slow this guy down. It's not yeah. going to be easy. Yeah, no doubt. I, I agree. I think he, he's he's number one uh, going into this year. Yeah, he had the, the most targets last year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, technically he was the number one last year. He had 101. So he just broke that 100 uh, mark. But I could see him easily hitting that number again. Oh, yeah. And being the number one. What do you, are you, do you like DJ Shark or well, do you know a lot about him at all? Yeah, well, he was their number two, uh, like a high, high second round draft pick last year out of LSU. Yeah, second round pick. Uh, yep. But you know what? He just kind of reminds me of a guy that, again, has a lot of speed to burn. But, uh, yeah. you know, he struggled with consistency. And I think as a rookie last year, it was more difficult. It's going to be difficult to kind of step out of the shadow unless he develops a quick rapport with Nick Foles, but that's not out of their own possibility either. Especially with Marquise yeah. Lee being on the sideline still, that leaves a lot of opportunity because they want their highly touted and highly rated draft pick to step up. So you never know. Maybe yeah, he makes a DJ Moore type of uh, a leap maybe in the second year and he ends up kind of um, taking up that, that, that uh, outside receiver slot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on their wide receivers just because. Yeah. It's 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 D. D. Westbrook and then Everybody else in my uh, a bunch of waiver wire uh, moves to me. 
Agreed. Um, DD, speaking of DD, he's going right in front of a wide receiver we were talking about earlier. Yeah. In uh, Do You Love Me? Yep. Um, Don't call me Kiki. That'd be an interesting choice sitting there, sitting there on the on the draft. You going Kiki? I think I'm going DD. Is that what you? Yeah, you I think I said Diego. DD or Kiki? DD. DD Kiki. Uh, I, I don't know, man. That'd be that'd be a tough a tough spot to sit at looking at those two guys. I would like to be sitting but there yeah, looking at both of them, though. That'll be nice. It could happen, man. You never know. It could definitely happen. Wide receiver one. Uh, move on. Let's let's move on to the to the tight end position, man. Another not fantasy. <laughs> Relevant position. Hey, they had a huge free agent acquisition this past year. Is it is it Jeff or Geoff or however you say his damn name? You don't remember he was killing it last year in Dallas. Okay. For like one game. (laughs) By killing it, I was like, by killing it, do you mean uh, uh, tight end, back end, tight end two? Hell yeah. (laughs) So I mean, if that float, if that floats your boat, take him, man. Let him be. Ride him every week in your tight end spot. Hey, you know what? Uh, last I year, love to play you in a matchup. You know what? Last year, he had more touchdowns than he had in his first three seasons combined. Ooh, that's a nice, yeah, nice Jeff stat. Swain. Don't forget will the name. Will he have last year? Will he how have many? Or more... in the first in his first three seasons, how many touchdowns do you think Jeff Swain had? Two. Okay. Yeah, he had less than that. <laughs> okay, last year, how many touchdowns do you think Jeff Swain had? So he had less than two for his career going into last year. <laughs> one? He had one last year. In his first three seasons, he didn't have any. <laughs> Poor guy. Yes. Oh, man, he's he's definitely tied and relevant. So, all right. Uh, over under one touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, uh, you know what? Goodness. I think I might just take that one or over. If you give me a half a touchdown, I'll go over. You go over the half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that should happen, right? I mean, they got him and they drafted uh, Josh Oliver. He was a third round pick, um, so they did spend up a little bit for him. So they're obviously excited about him. They're excited, but this guy apparently is one that needs a lot of um, coaching up. So okay, he needs to, yeah, he needs to develop. He's, he's he's a huge development prospect with a lot of up, um, upside. That's good to know because I did actually draft him in Dynasty, so good to know. Oh, there you go. Uh, so yeah, man, that's uh, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars, the AFC South. Um, Exciting division, right? A lot of fantasy on some teams, fantasy relevant players. Oh, yeah. And speaking of the AFC South, we did have a listener question. Ooh, listener question. Another one. Another one, man. Killing. Uh, These listeners are killing it. Loving it, guys. Keep them coming. Would you like to read it off for us? No, no, you got this one. (laughs) All right, this person, I'm going to try not to mess up his name. His name is Jarvis Jamar. You already already messed it up. How did I mess it up? All right, you, you say it. Well, you called him Jarvis. Javarius is Javarius. Javarius. Javarius Jamar. Javarius Jamar. Javarius Jamar. Javarius Jamar. 
Javaris and Lamar. Okay, so um, yeah, the, the listener this week, uh, the listener question comes from Javaris, Jamar, Javaris, and Lamar, who yeah, asks yeah, yeah. us, Dude, what are your predictions on the AFC South? <laughs> this is a very, a very uh, unique question. I don't think we've ever answered this before. <laughs> so thank you, Javaris, Jamar, Javaris, and Lamar. Alright, do you do you wanna kick it off, man? Yeah, I could do that. So I think um this year, dark horse wise, well I I actually think the Colts are gonna run away with the division. Um I think they're gonna be eleven wins. Run away. Oof. And I think they're gonna be eleven wins, I think they're gonna kinda of run away with the division. But beyond the Colts, I think that it actually might bounce back with the Jags. I think that not having Blake Bortles fuck up your team and fuck up your games with an awesome defense is going to allow them to kind of bounce back here. You there, Manesh? Yep. What are your thoughts, Dan? Oh, I I lost I lost audio there for a second. I think I heard you say the Colts. The, yeah, I think that Colts uh, are going to kind of run away with it, and then I think the Jags right. will actually bounce back and take the second place. What are your thoughts? Okay. Uh, I also agree that the Jag, I mean that the Colts will. Uh, I think they'll win the division. I think they're the best, or they're the most complete team uh, in the division. However, I still think the Texans are a really good team, and I could see them finishing second in the division uh, this year and uh, I'd put the Jags I don't think the Jags would be like far behind they could you know be a game behind second place well, here's, yeah. the Jags so here's the thing for me too I think that 2, 3, and 4 are going to be you know a difference of max 2 games like they're all going to be wow. between 7 and 9 9 and 7 or 6 and 10 8 and 8 I just think that the Colts are going to be a couple games above whatever they finish at Yes, I, I, I don't. I'm not as confident in the Titans, I guess, as you are. Oh. Um, I, I think we both agree that they'll be the last team in the division. Um, well, I wasn't confident in them last year, and then I, they ended up having a pretty damn good season. So. That's true. They, <laughs> yeah. they were they were they weren't too terrible, but, but yeah, man. Thanks, Javaris, for your for your question, man. Yeah, think, we really we appreciate that Colts. question, uh, Javaris, Jamar, Javaris, and Lamar. <laughs> so yeah, man. All y'all listeners, send in the questions. This was a good pod. Good, good take. A long one, but it was definitely a good one. Appreciate y'all. If y'all, if y'all are still alive and kicking, do appreciate the uh, listen. Hope this was very informative. I think this is one of our better pods in terms of the information that we get that we spit out for you. It was fire. Definitely. So uh, I think uh, it, you know, it'll, it'll definitely next week, go far. NFC South. Yeah, I think next week we'll go NFC South, and I think we have a guest lined up for it. So uh, we'll keep y'all kind of oh, waiting for shoot. it, but um, it should be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it, dude. And dude, the NFC South, man, that's that's gonna be a fun division. There's so it's so, so fantasy much. relevant. So yeah, of course it's gonna be hella fun, it's, right? It's, <laughs> it's uh, I think you could argue it's the most fantasy relevant division in football. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, man, so that'll be fun. Tune in next week. Hit the NFC South, and as Manesh said, maybe a special guest. We shall see. Absolutely. Thanks again for listening, fellas. Take it easy. Later. <laughs>